0: What's up, y'all? It's the Texas Gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. Just giving y'all a brief reminder, if you haven't been doing so already, subscribe to Brainbuster Radio, where you'll catch us every Tuesday. Also, we've been doing our series of unfortunate events, and today's episode is number two on our list. So go back to Brainbuster Radio, make sure that you're subscribed, and tune in on Tuesday, where we reveal number one on our list of the series of unfortunate events. Thank you guys, of course, for tuning in and on with today's show. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by Austin-based company Naturally Hims and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD, And just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, Headlock Talk returns with the series of unfortunate events. The second to last episode, we have, unfortunately, WCW's New Blood Rising. This one gets grisly. And of course, welcome back to another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh snap! Oh snap! Indeed. And here with me, uh, I'm of course the Texas gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and uh, we have, of course, uh, on a Tron-like motorcycle emerging out of the internet. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Well, what's going on, man? Oh, just dandy. How are you doing today, man? Oh man. Coming off of this show, I'm uh, I'm confused, um, I'm angry, um, lots of emotion. <laughs> I, I sincerely agree. There's a lot of emotion with this show here. Uh, this is a continuation of the series of unfortunate events. Uh, we've been covering some of the worst pay-per-views of all time, uh, and and we are down to the final two. And uh, just because this show here is only number two on the list doesn't make it any better. Uh, That's true. <laughs> this is uh, undoubtedly one of the worst shows of all time. Yeah. Uh, by, by a pretty fair margin here. Mm. We are, of course, talking about WCW's New Blood Rising from the year 2000. Uh, this was supposed to be, uh, according to Vince Russo himself, uh, the, um, the show that would define his career. Mm. Uh, this is what he says. and it's, I mean, it, it does have his name written all over it. it. It certainly defined his career, just not in the way that I think he hoped. Uh, right. <laughs> um, this was um, a very strange time for WCW. Uh, not, um, not a, a special way, not a, uh, just, just not a great show. <laughs> it was, just, it was, it was awful. It was confusing. Uh, parts of it, like you noted here, Stephen, uh, made me angry. Yeah. Um, I, I just so many emotions, but it, it, it's just so bad. <laughs> it's just so bad. Yes. It's, it's awful. <laughs> Uh, It was August 13th of the year 2000. We are at the Pacific Coliseum in Vancouver, British Columbia. In attendance, about 6,600 people. That I I feel sorry for. (laughs) I would say (laughs) maybe a third of them actually paid to see this show. Damn. (laughs) If I'm being honest... I mean, yes. I, I I can't see why anybody would want to come to this show. But, mm. um, uh, interesting nonetheless. We have an opening video package here hyping up Booker T versus Jeff Jarrett for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Uh, yeah not, uh, not a terrible video package by WCW yeah. standards. Uh, it also covers the feud between Goldberg, Kevin Ash, and Scott Steiner. Kevin Ash notes i'm gonna go over i i immediately face palmed <laughs> S- scott steiner yeah. says he doesn't give a shit about kevin nash or about goldberg and goldberg says that he's been carrying wcw on his back for two years uh so uh, riveting right <laughs> from, <laughs> from the start i don't like any of them yeah <laughs> um, I'm just like all right uh that's gonna be a match cool there are some fanboys spotted outside yelling about who they want to win the match oh my god that that spot was just so cringy oh yeah yeah because well because it's just like obviously scripted and and so it's just three guys who very obviously are not actors giving very obviously scripted lines and it's just like man like (laughs) this is how you want to start the show like i don't know that guy who was for big papa pump Really liked himself some big papa, so I don't. I, guess. I don't know what that says about him, uh, <laughs> you know. But he he definitely gave it his one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, yeah. We're then taken live into the arena where uh, you have a terrible looking new blood rising banner uh, with <laughs> WCW's logo on it, and of course three count, uh, WCW's neighborhood boy band. Uh, Mm -hmm. comes down to the rink uh, with Tank Abbott, uh, most notably uh, UFC strongman, professional fighter. um, Mm -hmm. Very much in and out of his element, ironically enough, here with Three (laughs) Count, uh, as he's their biggest fan. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he's also wearing a shirt where the uh, the nipples are cut out. Yes. <laughs> so if any of y'all are into that, you know, give it a give it a peep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, they do a dance break spot uh, where they're uh, pantomiming their their dance moves to their song. Mm. Um, there are some signs in the crowd uh, that that I want to make note of real quick. There's one of a Canadian flag with Scott Steiner's face as the leaf. Mm. Another Canadian flag with the pot leaf in the middle. Okay. There is one sign that simply says "pubes," <laughs> and another one that says "Don't trust fat chicks." Uh, so these Man. are these are certainly Vince Russo's demographic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um. What we have here is a feud between three count, uh, which is Evan Courageous, I believe that's how his name is pronounced, Shannon Moore, and uh, Shane Helms, who would later become the Hurricane, uh, taking on the Jung Dragons, uh, Kaz Hayashi, Jamie Son, and Yun Yang. Mm. Yes, Yun Yang. Man, uh, I was I was sitting here trying to figure out how to pronounce Evan Courageous' last name, and you just like nailed it right off the bat. Yeah, uh, they they noted it on commentary, and but like if you read it with like um like the the subtitles on, it's like mm. Evan Courageous, and so I was like, oh. yeah, that's I was like Car Karagius. Yeah, what? Like, he's very Greek. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Extra Greek. Extra Greek. Mmm. Tajiki sauce. Mm. It, anyway. Um, this is actually a ladder match with both a recording contract and a gold record on the line because Mm. uh, obviously Three Count wants to continue being recording artists uh, and they want their gold record back which I believe was perhaps stolen by the Young Dragons I I really Mm. got confused I really don't know what's going on there but alternatively I I think alternatively the Young Dragons want the recording contract um, and somehow we have both items on the line in this ladder match. See, okay, it, <laughs> let me just start off. It's really dumb to have two items up there. Uh, I think it's very strange. And then also, why do the Young Dragons want a recording contract? Do they just not want three count to have it? Is that I, what's going on? I think because they believe they're a better recording talent, Steven. Hmm. Okay. I, I think so. Gotcha. Um, cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, now this is not a bad ladder match by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, no. Uh, it might actually be the best match on the card. Um, unfortunately, uh, this is noted for um, having the distinct misfortune of being overshadowed in history uh, by the TLC match at SummerSlam just two weeks later between the Dudleys, the Hardys, and Edge and Christian. Mm. I mean, just listen to the people that are that are on that card. Yes. I can see why it was overshadowed. Yes, and the TLC match was above and beyond a better match. There, mm. there was some um, some interesting spots here, uh, some decent enough action, and even Tony Schiavone himself. I believe it may have been Tony. Uh, all three commentators at points here uh, in New Blood Rising. It should be noted. Um, All their voices started blending together because um, mm-hmm. as we come to know with these late 2000s uh, into 2001 shows, um, we don't get to have an opinion because any, somebody or anybody else is always talking. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty aggressive the entire time <laughs> with the commentary, yes. honestly. Yes. Yes. But, but no, I mean, the, this match was fine. Uh, th- it definitely had some cool spots in it. Uh, there was one spot where... Uh, I forget what member of Three Count it was. It might have been Evan Courageous. Um, so they had a, a ladder, like, placed in between the ropes, and Evan Courageous did a, a leg drop onto the ladder outside of the ring, yes. and it kind of, like, catapulted or, like, did, like, a mousetrap thing mm-hmm. onto the chin of one of the Young Dragons, and that was a really cool spot. Mm-hmm. But then, like not even like two minutes later they do one of the dumbest spots ever where they stack the young dragons three high on a ladder that's like placed inside the ropes and does a slam on there and it's just so rough so this match had a lot of potential but then weird like bogus spots like that and then the overall just kind of the guys looked pretty confused the entire time Mm -hmm. he Keep it from being like a solid ladder match, you know? Yes. I would absolutely agree with that sentiment. Um, I did ultimately give this three stars just for the innovation. This match Mm. really was ahead of its time. Uh, But again, um, compared to what was probably a four and a half to five star TLC match just two weeks later, yes, this match gets shunned in history uh, for... um, you know, the obvious reasons. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went, I went ahead with uh, two and three quarters. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's almost in that spot of three, three and a half. uh, But some of those spots were just rough to watch. So I had to, knock it down a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with a lot of these pay-per-views, this is as good as it gets. Yes. We we are then taken backstage where we see the filthy animals talking it out with Ernest the Cat Miller, who is the WCW commissioner, somehow. Uh, Oh, is he? Yes. Okay. See, this whole storyline made literally zero sense to me. See, I, I had no idea what was going on the entire time. Uh, we we find out at, at one point in Nitro, I think it's after this, that the Pyramid of Power goes Eric Bischoff, who's never seen on screen because he's not actually there anymore. Mm. And then below him, somehow Ernest Miller and Vince Russo are on the same level? I don't understand, but okay. um, yeah, who's that's, Ernest Miller? That's the cat. He's the guy backstage, okay, talking gotcha. with the filthy animals. Okay, okay, y- yeah. Um, so, uh, filthy animals are trying to barter favors here to help ensure that the cat wins his match, but that the filthy animals would then get a tag team title shot. Um, we do see, of course, here Rey Mysterio, who is unmasked at the time. Uh, so that's something. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, if you ever wanted to know what Rey Mysterio's face looks like, well, you get a good idea. I mean, he is wearing sunglasses, though, so you don't get, like, the full effect. Right, of course. But whatever. Now, um, we are then taken to the match, of course... Between Ernest the Cat Miller and the Great Muda. Uh, The Great Muda is obviously uh, legendary in in Japanese wrestling and uh, a legend around the world. Um, And he is here now (laughs) in WCW at possibly the worst time to be. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um. Of course, um, another thing should be noted here, uh, because WWE decided to overdub the majority of WCW's music themes um, when they were added to the network, uh, the cat comes out to some music that is reminiscent of what a clown would do a striptease to. Mm. Yes. Mm. Um riveting. <laughs> I mean, you don't get the the kind of James Brown kind of uh shuffling, you know, uh upbeat, you know, funk music uh that uh, that was legendary in WCW's time. Um we are told that these two apparently have legit heat with each other by the commentary mm-hmm. team. Uh so some inside terminology being used here. Uh <laughs> and then um Hudson, uh, yeah, he's talking about how these two just don't like each other all throughout the match. I lolled. Um, <laughs> this match really is nothing special to it. Um, it's, and it's really only notable here uh, for uh, tigress from the filthy animals coming out uh, and the crowd uh, chanting, "We want puppies." Uh, so we know that they're fans of Jerry the King Lawler from Raw. <laughs> mm, mm, indeed. Um, this match is a dud uh yeah yeah this match is a dud uh it, it uh it sucked i mean <laughs> there there's really no other way of putting it uh there was zero momentum from the from the very get-go um it they didn't even get into first gear they they were struggling to even switch gears and then uh the match ended so yeah dud mm, mm. uh we were then taken backstage where Buff Bagwell is looking for his mom. Frantically. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. This angle is just out of this world. (laughs) So, um, this match here is legendary on a number of levels here. Uh, We are shown... Uh, Chris Canyon driving a forklift down to the ring with Buff Bagwell's mom, Judy Bagwell, Mm -hmm. apparently tied to the front end. Uh, This is simply because Vince Russo hates women. Uh, uh, I mean, (laughs) there's certainly an argument that could be made for that. Yes. Yeah. And because, unfortunately, there's not a pole large enough to support Judy Bagwell, uh, they need a forklift. Jesus Christ. Uh, Let me just say, Judy's not that big of a woman. Like, I don't know, Steven. Were you watching the same show that I was watching? Yeah, I mean, like, she was a bigger woman, but she wasn't, like... I don't know. When you tell me that they had to have her on a forklift, I'm expecting, like, a monster of a woman, right? Hmm. But, like, she looks like a regular, like, woman. Like a regular, bigger, Midwestern woman. I don't know. Like... It wasn't bad. Yeah, uh, I mean... uh, The forklift's a little overkill is all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, The story here is that Canyon is, uh, uh, I guess, imitating Diamond Dallas Page and has cruelly been attacking Judy Bagwell, giving her several diamond cutters in the weeks leading up to this match here. Uh, This is actually because Chris Canyon... uh, in his imitation of Diamond Dallas Page, needs to have uh, a Kimberly of his own, as mm. uh, Diamond Dallas Page's wife, Kimberly, was the one who would always uh, accompany Diamond Dallas Page to the ringside. Mm. Buff Bagwell. Judy Bagwell would be a great uh, great manager for that, for <laughs> sure. Um, Buff Bagwell, on the other hand, has been the dumb babyface, unable to stop Canyon at every turn. Uh, this match was... Uh, Just grasping at straws the entire time, and there's really, unfortunately, not a lot going on. Yeah, uh, I mean, this one was kind of very similar to the last one, where uh, it kind of just stayed, you know, in in that first little bit of momentum, first gear, Um, and the (laughs) the announcers weren't doing a very good job with hyping it up. They were just uh, talking about, you know, how big Judy Bagwell was, uh, how dumb Buff was, how great Canyon was. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and they they weren't really even necessarily talking about the match. They were just talking about like what was happening around the match. Mm. Um, and, and then you know the the match wasn't good, and then David <laughs> and then David Arquette comes out, yes, and, uh, and, and just like <laughs> ruins a already not good match. Yes, he he makes a surprise appearance but really does nothing here. Right. Um so you're like, "Oh, cool, I guess he's coming out." And then he's just like, "I'm at ringside now." And you're like, "Uh, yeah. interesting. Okay." Um uh, Like I don't want you out here anyway, but if you're going to be out here, do something. Like don't don't make your entrance literally mean nothing. You know? Mhm. Mhm. Nah. It's bad enough he's out there anyway. Yes. Uh, We do also get to see Buff give Canyon and Arquette a double blockbuster here for the win. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he frees his mom from the forklift. Uh, Yay! Good guy wins. (laughs) Right. That would probably be the only logical thing that happened here. Yeah. um, Half a star, man. (laughs) oh. Yeah, I'm rocking half a star on this one. I I did not care for it at all. And like I said, the the announcers were just dull as hell the entire time. The match itself was pretty dull. Mm-hmm. The angle was dull. And then David Arquette came out for no reason. And at that point, I was just like, I'm done with this match. Like, let, let me. Give me the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I had this as a as another dud. Unfortunately, um, hey, I do not blame you. <laughs> uh, Canyon uh, hits David Arquette with the Diamond Cutter post match here. For good measure, for yeah. sure. For good measure, yeah. Uh, we are then treated uh, to uh, Chronic, who are the WCW Tag Team Champions, facing off with the Perfect Event. Uh, Jindrak and O'Hare, and MIA for the tag team titles. Um, Mm. Now, uh, of course, from earlier, uh, we have four members of the Filthy Animals as referees uh, during the duration of this match. Uh, So what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, no, totally. Totally. (laughs) Just listen to that sentence. Four referees. Mm, mm -hmm. There was already an issue uh, probably a couple years ago where Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon were dual referees in a match. Um, Hmm. And that that was uh, gravely unfortunate. Um, This was actually um, worse. Um, uh, Seriously, though, if I could get a refund on the time that I spent watching this, I I would greatly appreciate it. Um, (laughs) Chronic (laughs) is pretty consistently dominant throughout the match, but they're screwed uh, by the refs throughout. So, um... It's really until all the referees are incapacitated uh, that Chavo Guerrero comes out, uh, and he's actually just wearing the ref T-shirt around his neck. Um, and yeah, it, close <laughs> enough. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he tried. Um, he he then gives the three count for Chronic, and uh, obviously Chavo was not a designated referee here in this match. Uh, this mm. this goes as a dud for me. Yeah, I... uh, Honestly, at this point in the show, I just couldn't believe that it was this bad so far. Um, And this match in particular, let me get it out of the way, it is a dud. Um, Like, I had no idea what was going on the entire time. Like, there was this ref angle where they were trying to... See, I still don't even know who they were trying to make go over here. Like... They were just giving slow counts to everybody, miscounts to everybody, bad calls to everybody, and then and then Chavo comes out, steals the the ref shirt, gives a three count, and I really don't know what all that was for. I, mm-hmm. I like who were they trying to put over? Who were they trying? Like it it was just a clusterfuck of a match mm-hmm. that had no direction whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, we are told that the Filthy Animals would then get a tag team title match against Chronic the next night on Nitro, Uh, Mm -hmm. and this is noted as Conan is on commentary, and he's like, oh crap, we have to face Chronic tomorrow. Um, And he says that in actually more monotone than I did just now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Uh, This was something. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, one example of the commentary being uh, hilariously bad though is uh, I forget the, the names and like you said everyone just kind of muddled together mm. on the announcer table mm-hmm. uh, but someone was saying that uh, huge erection, uh, <laughs> or his tag partner. Yes, um, Corporal Cajun. Corporal Cajun, yeah. He was saying that he's the product of inbreeding gone wrong and mm. one of the announcers asked how can inbreeding go right? And, and then they just all kind of laughed at each other. Uh, and I was laughing at how bad it was. So, <laughs> Yes, uh, very, very much a classic moment in commentary history. Oh, yeah. Instant classic. <laughs> Five stars. Um, we we're then uh, treated uh, to... <laughs> Uh, to Billy Kidman uh, taking on Shane Douglas in a strap match, um the story here is that Tory Wilson betrayed uh Billy Kidman to be with Shane Douglas, hmm. so in retaliation, Kidman uh aired some revenge porn, uh which turned out to be the world's worst sex tape between him and Tory Wilson nice. uh yes uh Kidman is supposed to be the baby face here in this angle. <laughs> okay. Um, this is actually followed by a second video, uh, a, a week or so after, uh, Billy Kidman's apologizing uh, for what he did, uh, airing this video. Uh, so he uh shows a second videotape of Tori Wilson being overweight in her youth. Mm. Yes, good guy, Billy Kidman. Yep. This was then followed by the infamous Viagra on a pole match between Kidman and Douglas, in which <laughs> in which Kidman lost and almost OD'd on Viagra. Um. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like a real thing. Like I trust you, but that that doesn't even sound like a real thing. I'm, like I wish I was making this up. <laughs> Goodness. Someone would pay me a lot of money for this story. Uh, <laughs> I think Vince Russo would. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then there's this. Um, this is a hard pass of a match, an mm-hmm. idea, a concept, whatever this is. Um, just another, just another Vince Russo waste of time here, in my opinion, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it. So I've never heard of a strap match before, mm. um, and. This didn't make me excited to see anymore. I will say it, it was just kind of weird because it it has its own stipulation strap match. You know, uh, both guys have their wrists tied together with a fifteen foot um, leather strap, basically. But there's no yeah. there's no like stipulation. It, it's just a regular match. Yeah, they, they're where just, they're just tied together with an overly long piece of leather. Right, and so I'm just like. What is the point of this? Um, you know, I, I really don't know, because neither man seemed to be really fighting for Tory Wilson's dignity here. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> I, I really th- this match sucked. bad. <laughs> yes, th- this would be um, unfortunately, uh, the third actually, sorry, fourth dud in a row for me.: Yeah, um, I originally gave this half a star. Hmm. Um, that's quite generous. D- yeah, yeah. I, I I gave it half a star just for Billy Kidman. Uh, I think he's a talented wrestler. Whether the you know his storylines that he's been in has been super strange and just stu- like stupid. But he is a solid wrestler. Uh, so I gave it half a star just for Billy Kidman. Um, one thing that did kind of irk me. Mm. I don't know if that's the right word, but yes. there was there was like an attempted homicide after the match. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and uh I don't know what they were thinking there. It it was actually like obviously I know it's staged or whatever but like mm-hmm. the, it was very off-putting to watch, you know. Yes. It was very um uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Kidman sold it very well, but like that that's not a good thing. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh <laughs> Uh, following this, Stephen, are you ready? Man, I guess. <laughs> we have major guns taking on Miss Hancock in a rip-off-the-clothes match. Yes. Rip-off-the-camouflage match. Ah, thank you, mm. Stephen, for the correction mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, now, um... I will make note here. If you are uh, sensitive to men objectifying women or extremely sexist concepts, uh, you should definitely make a hard pass on this match here. Uh, This is... uh, If you're looking for the women's revolution, uh, you will not find it. Uh, This is like the exact opposite end of the spectrum from women's evolution. Like, this is... uh, I actually, like, had a real personal problem with this match just because, <laughs> it, like you said, it's extremely sexist. Um, and, like, I understand it's a different time, you know, that there, there was... Th- this wasn't crazy out of the realm of, of some wrestling at this time, but there is one specific part of of the match that is really just, like come on, there, there's mm. no way you did that, you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyways um, yes uh, the participants have to disrobe one another and then score either a pinfall or a submission in a mud pit that is actually near the entrance ramp yeah. Uh, now, it needs to be noted here that Major Guns is not a wrestler, and Stacy Keebler is spotlighted here in an angle where she's actually um, at risk of losing her baby that we are unaware that she had um, mm. uh, towards the end of the match here. Uh, Steven, uh, you mentioned a, a, an angle. Was this what you were referring to here? This is exactly what I was referring to, yeah. Um, so we're treated to a terrible match, right? Hmm. Uh, it's not really just not it's really not good um you can't even really call it professional wrestling necessarily um they're just kind of you know hitting each other dragging each other ripping clothes off cool whatever um and then they make their way up the ramp into the mud pit and uh start doing you know some brawling there um and then the most like sexist and confusing angle happened where, uh, miss Hancock or Stacey Keebler, um, Mm. clutches her, her abdomen. Mm. And, uh, it, it looks like she might be sick or, or looks like there might be something wrong. Um, she, she ends up getting rolled up and major guns gets the victory on her. And miss Hancock is taken out on a stretcher. Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm um yes uh David flair would come out to aid uh stacy Keibler here uh visibly upset as I believe they were seeing each other during this time uh, right. uh even major guns was concerned during this match uh or, or at least this part of the match mm-hmm. uh, now uh, this would then uh turn out to be an angle where stacy Keebler was indeed pregnant. Uh, at least in storyline, uh, but it turns out that David Flair w- was not the father. Uh, mm. uh, rather, as he first believed. Um, it, it was instead, uh, and I can't remember, so uh, any listeners out there, uh, please do let us know, uh, it was either Ric Flair or Vince Russo's child. Lovely. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> uh, I gave this minus two stars. Minus two. Please. Um give me my time back here is is what I've been pleading throughout this part of the show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this match was, uh, one, it's a terrible match. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you can't really even consider it to be a, like a professional wrestling match. It was kind of just a moment that happened during the show. Um, so right there, it, it doesn't get any stars just because it's, it's not a, not a match really. Um, but then the just absolutely disrespectful, uncalled for angle at the end uh puts it to negative three for oh. me. Um that I-, I found it very disrespectful and-, and almost like they were making fun of uh of either that situation or or real women's matches. Mm. Um or real women's situations. Exactly, yeah. Um just disrespectful and uncalled for. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, it couldn't be said better, Stephen. No. Um, uh, to to add some levity here, we get uh, Gene Simmons, or rather, the demon. <laughs> I said the exact same thing to my dad when we were watching it. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Don't you have a stadium to play or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this was actually the demon, Dale Torborg uh yes. taking on sting uh, as uh the uh, i believe it's called the dark carnival which is mm-hmm. comprised of the demon the great muda and vampiro uh as well as um just a top notch faction y- yes uh, and and this is this is actually <laughs> rounded out by uh famous at the time rappers the insane clown posse oh sweet yeah uh, sweet. so so that's a stable if you've ever had one <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, the demon is taking on sting here as they are all feuding with sting. Uh, the, the, the dark carnival is, um, this match goes less than a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. so, um, really not worth my time in rating this match. Of course, uh, it, it, it just gets a zero here, a dud, um, mm-hmm. The only thing notable here is that uh, Sting is getting beaten down by the Dark Carnival post match here, but is saved by Chronic, who oddly and boldly challenged to defend their tag titles against Vampira Muda, the uh, just later on in the night. Um, yeah, that same night. Yeah, strange, strange decision. Uh, so yeah, I mean this match was uh, is barely a match. Hmm. Um. I don't know. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, squash matches. You know, I, I can, I, I know they have their their place, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Their place is not on a pay per view. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a squash match is something that you do a, in the middle of a weekly show to get someone over. You don't put that on a pay per view. Like, honestly, <laughs> like really really close to the end of the card, too. Um, Well, particularly when it's a feud like this, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, we did just have Goldberg take on Dolph Ziggler not too long ago in what was literally a squash match, and Goldberg's actually done a squash match, a squash match, not a squash match. Um, Nailed it. Got it. Uh, (laughs) uh, But, yeah, I mean, the same thing happened when Goldberg took on Brock Lesnar. The matches were very short. Um, But... uh, This was not necessarily the the, the place for it here. Dale Mm -hmm. Torborg might have some limitations in being the demon, but Sting just crushed him. Um, So yeah, uh, dud for me here, Steven. Yeah, I mean, I don't even really want to rate it necessarily. Um, I'll go with half a star, just because I don't want to dud it. See, there wasn't time for it to be bad but there also wasn't time for it to be good either hmm. so if i have to rate it i'm going to give it half a star um but yeah it's it just like it was a complete waste of time mm-hmm. you know absolutely so. agree here um, let me see. We are then down to Lance Storm taking on Mike Awesome. and This match sucked so <laughs> bad. Lance Storm is the most over guy uh, uh, in the night here uh, as he, he is the Canadian hero coming home. Uh, this is, of course, a rematch between Lance Storm and Mike Awesome as they had a tournament uh, for the uh, United States... Championship, which Landstorm then rechristens it into being the Canadian Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Landstorm is also notable for being a Triple Crown Champion at the time, holding simultaneously uh, the U.S. title, uh, the Cruiserweight title, and the Hardcore title.
1: Mm.
0: So. Yeah, they they definitely had a high stock here in Lance Storm, uh, yeah. and, and I think that was uh, rightfully so. Uh, yeah. He's probably the most talented guy on their roster at this time. Yeah, uh, I was going to mention that. Um, you know, the the match itself was garbage, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say, Lance Storm looked. Super solid in the ring. Mm -hmm. Um, All of the moves that he that he was doing were executed really well, and he had a a very wide range of moves that he was able to do as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, if anything, the match gets extra bonus points just for Lance Storm Mm -hmm. and uh, and how awesome he is in the ring for sure. Um, But the uh, the whole stipulation with the Canadian rules—I know you were getting to that. Sorry to spoil it, but oh no, you're fine. um, It. I'm just tired of this uh, this WCW shenanigans in every match. Like there there can't be a straight match. Something mm. has to happen, and, and it's like I'm 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 a professional wrestling fan. Yeah, just give me that. Like you're you're absolutely right, Stephen. Yeah, I, I mean. Um, As you noted here, uh, this is a Canadian rules match where the rules kept changing and completely threw off the fans into being disinterested. Uh, We are presented with Jacques Rougeau being a special enforcer uh, of the rules here. Uh, First, Lance Storm lost by three-count pinfall. Uh, But then we are uh, told that in a Canadian rules match that it must be a five-count pinfall. Mm. So the match is restarted. Awesome. Then, seemingly, wins by submission, uh, but we are then told that titles cannot change by submission in Canadian rules. Um, mm. I wonder how Bret Hart feels about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, when Mike Awesome did indeed win by five count, uh, we are told that the following that, that that following the pin, rather, there must be a ten count. Uh, just like in boxing uh, mm. or, or in a last man standing match uh, a pinfall must be followed by a 10 count uh, in order for the tile to change hands ha- change hands rather um, uh, uh, the finish here sees both Mike Awesome and Lance Storm uh, attempting to get up at the 10 count here when Jacques Rougeau screws over Mike Awesome with a swift kick to the Nards to assist Lance Storm in retaining the Canadian Heavyweight Championship here. Um mm-hmm. I was actually furious. <laughs> I felt insulted as a wrestling fan. Um, this is neither Landstorm nor Mike Awesome's fault. Uh, it's not even Jacques Rougeau's fault. Uh, this is all Vince Russo's fault here. Uh, so screw this match. Uh, I gave this minus four stars. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the the thing, that, the enjoyment that you get from professional wrestling is the tension, you know, and uh, and the, the build-up to the end and, and the tension that comes from that. But four, maybe five times in this match, it ended but then didn't. So I completely understand the crowd's complete silence and complete lack of interest in this match because you can't build tension with that. At all? No, you, you know, it, if you're if you're building tension towards the finish, but in the last three of those finishes, it wasn't the finish. Then you can't build that, and you can't ride on that. And like you said, this isn't Lance Storm's fault. This isn't Mike Awesome's fault. Um, it is Vince Russo's fault. But I, I just this is the worst match on the card by far. This is worse than the Striker match from December to Dismember. <laughs> Uh, kind of a similar kind of thing going on where it's just dumb rules uh, that no one's really aware of. It, they just kind of, oh, you can't do that. It, it's this kind of match. And, and they're just kind of doing that the entire time over and over and over and over again. Yes. Um. Yeah, minus two for me. Wow. Um, I really, really didn't like this match. Um, uh, this is the anger point of the show mm. where... You know, I, I just said it in the last match. Just give me a straight match.
1: Hmm. I'm
0: a f- I'm a fan of professional wrestling. Just give me a straight match of professional wrestling. And this is almost Vince Russo being like, "Oh, oh, you like that kind of match? Well, fuck you." <laughs> Here's what I'm giving you instead. Right, and I felt I felt personally attacked with this match. <laughs> and uh, yeah, do not watch this match yeah. at all. Yeah, it's not. Don't g- give it the time of day. It's not great. I can tell you that for sure. Oh, it's so bad. Um of course uh. we then get Chronic versus Vampiro in the Great Muda as the challenge occurred just a few moments ago. Um uh, this uh challenge completely backfires on chronic as the harris brothers come down uh, uh to the ring through the crowd and beat down chronic uh to assist great, the great muda and vampiro uh leading to uh the great muda hitting a moonsault for the pin and the tag team titles um yeah uh i i gave this nothing not a zero dud no stars yeah yeah uh I did give it half a star. Um, it, it was better than the last match. I, I'll say that for sure. Um, but really just nothing nothing to go for here. Mm-hmm. It, it was a very, very slow match. Uh, all the guys seemed to have zero chemistry with each other and very confused the entire time. And then, again, because it's a Vince Russo show, uh, no straight finish. There's always shenanigans. Um, stupid ending to a boring match. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not great. Um, (laughs) After this here, we are treated to uh, Scott Steiner versus Kevin Nash versus Goldberg in a number one contender's three-way dance. Um, Yeah. Uh, Nash is now at the point in his career where he's starting to become more and more immobile. Uh, Yeah. Goldberg, as we were told earlier in the evening, is apparently injured from a quote motorcycle accident unquote and yeah. uh, Scott Steiner is uh, just at an ungodly level of Jacked <laughs> yeah. It, it's pretty insane. The, those jokes that you hear about, like guys walking through doorways sideways, like those are about Scott Steiner, <laughs> like a hundred percent. This guy is like crazy, Jack. Yeah, Scott Steiner was at peak freak levels here. Mm-hmm. Um, he he looks like he was made in a laboratory designed to destroy you, your family, and everything that you loved. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Dragon Ball Z character. Yes, it, <laughs> if if over nine thousand is in Dragon. Ball Z. This would be over 900,000. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, This unfortunately would be a fairly slow and sloppy match here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Goldberg actually doesn't make his way to the ring until about midway through the match. Um, When he's in there, it becomes a a little bit more straightforward. Uh, it, Goldberg actually adds some dyna, uh, dynamics to this match here, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was actually an improvement here. Um, then we get the swerve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The swerve here from Vince Russo is that Nash has Goldberg set up for the jackknife powerbomb. Goldberg then decides that he does not want to cooperate, shoves Nash, and then leaves the ring. Uh, He is then met up the ramp by Vince Russo, who looks like a small-bearded child next to Goldberg. (laughs) Uh, Russo then orders Goldberg to continue uh, the match and to go back to the ring. Goldberg says, F you, and then walks out. Um uh, we are then told that Nash and Steiner are quote working on the fly by the yep. commentary team because you have to improvise. Yes, because uh we all know as wrestling fans that uh being given insider terms is exactly what we're looking for. Mhm. <laughs> um uh, Nash then wins the match with a Jack Knight Jackknife bomb on Scott Steiner. Uh, this is really only good for a one-star here from me. Yeah, yeah, I also gave it one star. Um, I, I do like that you brought up with uh, Goldberg coming out. He did actually add some goodness to the match. There there was some dynamic there. There were some good spots. Um, but then, in regular Vince Russo fashion, uh, they destroy an already not amazing match. Hmm. Um, like... I don't, un- I don't understand what he's thinking there because you could just give me the match and, and it would be way better than you trying to have this weird storyline, the- this shenanigans all the time. Like, I- every single match on this card had shenanigans of some way. Mm-hmm. A- and if none of them had shenanigans, it wouldn't be a fantastic pay-per-view, but it certainly wouldn't... We wouldn't be doing this show. You know, we, we, it, it wouldn't be one of the six worst pay-per-views of all time. It wouldn't be one of the worst two pay-per-views of all the time. Well, fair. fair. <laughs> it, I don't know, man. One star, uh, just for that little spot with Goldberg and Scott Steiner. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, really didn't do much for me. So uh, Kevin Nash lived up to his promise. He did indeed go over here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, yeah, was like, they, they were like, oh, he's like Babe Ruth calling his shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> cool, yeah. <laughs> great. Um, Booker T defends the world heavyweight championship against Jeff Jarrett here. Um, so it's it's become very clear in the video packages that obviously they're promoting Booker T to be kind of like um. Kind of like how the WWF at the time was portraying The Rock to be. They want Mm -hmm. Booker T to be their rock. Um, in a literal and metaphorical sense. Um, <laughs> oh, there you go. I didn't even catch that. Nice. Yeah, uh, I don't know. My brain's weird today. It's uh, <laughs> working. Um, but instead of having a rivalry like what WWF has between uh, The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, WCW think it's it's a good idea to have this rivalry here uh, with Booker T be more like... Um, a grown man who is very professional and good at his job and can really sell well against a small petulant child who just complains and says that you're a slap nuts all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, like, I like both of these guys personally. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do like them. Uh, them together is interesting. um, separately i think they're a lot better than when they get together
1: mm. uh,
0: necessarily uh their chemistry really doesn't shine through in this match um i don't know it was fine um i didn't have a lot of problems with it there was a ref bump uh spot where um booker t hits the axe kick and then he does you know that iconic uh break dance spot and uh bumps the ref after the breakdance. Like, you couldn't mm-hmm. bump the ref during the axe kick. I don't know. Mm. Yes, very interesting uh, match here. Uh, the selling on Booker T's part was not great here. God-awful. God-awful. Because, I mean, we're, <laughs> we've been told all throughout the night, and the whole video packages is leading up to this, emphasized heavily can booker t go with his knee uh basically being destroyed by jared in the weeks leading up to this match here and even Mm -hmm. even on the night of Um, yeah he he gets attacked (laughs) in the parking lot uh, by jared and uh has his knee like slammed into the car door and uh yeah i mean we're led to believe that booker t can barely walk you know Mm Hmm. but he can certainly spin a rooney that's not a problem he can spin a rooney, he can axe kick, uh, he can bookend. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> yeah. Take us to the finish here, Steven. Uh yeah. So Jarrett hits the hits the stroke on a on a chair, but there's no ref. Mm. Um a, a, another ref comes out and counts to two. Um, but he gets Booker kicks out, hits a neck breaker, hits the bookend. And finishes the match. Um, so they've gone through. They went through two refs in that match. Mm-hmm. Two refs. Um, uh, again, uh, you know, this is Vince Russo putting a spin that didn't need to be spun. You know, um, a spin a Rooney, if you will. Nah, this guy. <laughs> this guy. No, but like, in all seriousness, like the I do like Booker T. I do like Jeff Jarrett. Um, like I said, their chemistry wasn't the best in this match, but. I do think it was going somewhere. It, it definitely hmm. was going somewhere good. Um, there was a table spot that was cool uh, with uh, Booker T putting Jeff Jarrett through a table, um, but with the the weird spot at the end, Booker completely no selling the knee. Um, really took this match down from uh, the three star level. Is where I was. Where I, I would honestly put it. Uh, put it at two and a half for me. Mm, I agree with you there. Uh, I I did also rate this two and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Booker T is a fine, fine performer, and he was definitely what the WCW needed at the time here as far as uh, baby faces go. Um, But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, Jeff Jarrett does absolutely nothing for me. In fact, in most cases, he actually negatively impacts a match for me. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Uh Yeah. Uh, I mean, this, this is, and it's not even just a WCW thing. It happened in TNA as well, even when he Mm -hmm. was a babyface, So it was like, huh? I don't know. Um, I mean, it was, it was, it is what it is. Um, was it the, the, the main event, the show closer that this crowd deserved? Um, maybe, maybe not. I really can't speak for them, but it certainly doesn't cleanse the stain that was new blood rising. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, what was that, five? Uh, I guess if you count the negative stars, that's seven duds? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, two, two negative star matches and five duds here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely avoid this pay-per-view at all costs unless... Like the plague. Yeah, uh, unless you're a sadist or a, a masochist who just wants to enjoy uh, dreadful viewing for two and a half hours. Um, or, or a sexist. Or sexist, yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Stephen, as always, with these series of unfortunate event shows, what did we learn today? Well, again, uh, this show only furthered my knowledge of uh, Vince Russo being awful at his job, um, and really just, just overall not having a very solid understanding of how to book a pay-per-view or book a wrestling show. Um, I learned that Booker T can't sell a leg at all. <laughs> um, one thing, real quick. I do want to just say, um, Jeff Jarrett was attacking the wrong knee the entire match. Yes. Now, I do just want to make that a point. I'm glad um, that you made note of that. Yeah, that like the exact wrong knee. A- and every move that he was doing was on the wrong knee. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I also realized that vince russo while not being very good at his job is also kind of a sexist and uh kind of a kind of a fucked up guy honestly he he really is and you should Mm -hmm. really see some of the stuff that he did in tna as well Mm -hmm. um he had two runs in tna just like he had two runs in wcw Mm -hmm. um it's uh it's not great um it's it's ill-advised Um, In fact, that's a big part of probably why Dixie Carter uh, ultimately lost control of TNA. Um, So, uh, Vince Russo is ultimately probably responsible for the death of two companies, not just one. Um, Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, So... (laughs) What did uh, what did you learn, Tanner? I learned a lot about Canadian rules. Um, <laughs> I, I learned, yeah, um, I learned that this must make uh, Bret Hart a legitimate uh, or an illegitimate champion in a, in many many ways here. Uh, if we're going by Canadian rules, mm. um, I learned that uh, Chronic, uh, while a uh, a mediocre tag team at its best, even though they're two strong guys, um, they they really make poor decisions. Uh, I learned that uh, Goldberg um, that uh, he rightfully walked out of this match, even though it was a work shoot that was supposed to be portrayed as a shoot, but turned out to be a work that was then led to a. Tank Abbott feud that wasn't really because Vince Russo doesn't know how to book things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else here? Uh, I learned that uh, uh, pregnancy angles are uh, in poor taste. Um, it, just across the board. WWE's never done it right. WCW's definitely not doing it right. Well, um, it, it, that's that's an angle that just can't be done right. You I should, mean, it. You shouldn't do it. Right, like I, I get, you know the 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 spectacle, you know, of, of storylines and mm-hmm. and uh, certain feuds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a wrestling show. Yes, and and I don't need to. I don't need to see Stacy Keibler possibly like lose her child on TV. Like, yeah, that, that's, I, I, that's I don't not need cool. to see that. No, it's not cool. And last but not least here, um, I learned that Beth Bagwell is a, f- a terrible, awful babyface who could barely save his mom from Chris <laughs> Canyon, uh, who is tr- trying to pretend to be Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, yeah. I-, I still don't know what it is about Buff Bagwell. I do like him. Like, I, I don't know. I like him. <laughs> I-, I would like to see another forklift match perhaps in the future. I don't know how you Would want to you? do this. <laughs> I just think you'd be a great throwback to this terrible moment in history. Now, now Tanner, honestly, mm. be careful what you wish for. Yeah, it could happen at any time, really. Because it could happen. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, this pay-per-view is uh, on level with most uh, most terrible uh, historic tragedies uh, in history, really. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is pr- probably the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if that rings true on the next episode of Series of Unfortunate Events. Yes. Um, but not only is this the worst pay-per-view that I've ever seen in my life, there is seven terrible matches.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Terrible, terrible matches. And there's 11 matches on this card, and w- seven of them. Awful. I would argue that perhaps nine of the matches are awful out of the eleven, with the the, yeah. the the first match and the the main event being the only two that actually went over two stars. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Hmm. Well, Stephen, it's been. Uh, I I'd, I'd want to say it's been a pleasure. Uh, uh, it's been a pleasure, at least speaking with you, because of course. because that helps us get through these tough, tough shows. And <laughs> and as you noted, um, on Brainbuster Radio, to on Tuesday in Texas with Brainbuster Radio, we will reveal the worst show, possibly of all time, mm. to conclude this series of unfortunate events. Stephen, are you ready? So I'm gonna be honest I'm actually very excited (laughs) I'm very very excited Like I know it's gonna be terrible That's fine I know it's gonna be bad But I wanna see What led up to This being the worst Pay-per-view of all time Oh, yes, we're going to get it all here in the conclusion of this series of unfortunate events. (laughs) Um, Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't yet done so already, if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to hit subscribe uh, and also leave a rating uh, on uh, your choice of listening platform, be it iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review for us here. Uh, We'd want to continue doing more for headlines talk uh you know but we want to make sure that uh, of course you know that we have the the opportunity to do so um so the, the more that we can uh bring up our reputation here uh through these listing platforms the more that we're able to get that flexibility for you guys um hmm in addition um, you know if you're a business out there and uh, you need somebody to to vend hot dogs for you or (laughs) I'll do it or or, Stephen's already up for it Mm -hmm. Um, you know or if you want us to come to your office and talk about wrestling uh, or you just need two goofy guys to file paperwork Uh, you can definitely uh, reach out to us for business inquiries uh, particularly for advertising of course Uh, headlocktalk at gmail.com hit us up there uh, hmm. If you think we got something wrong about this show, which I dare you to do so, you can hit <laughs> us up on Twitter at headlock talk uh, so I want someone to to email us just the the most like vitriol filled email of just like you have no idea. What you're talking about? Vince Russo is a god. Like, blah, 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 blah. I, I want it. I'll have you know that that Judy Bagwell on a forklift match is an absolute classic, and I think <laughs> you're blind in seeing that there's no potential in this match. Yeah. It's, it's going to be something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yes, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Uh, we're definitely quick on the response for you guys, you know. So definitely uh, uh, keep us, keep in mind, and um, uh, of course, tune in and subscribe to Brainbuster Radio on Tuesday so you can find out what the worst pay per view of all time is. Mm, it's gonna be fun, Steven, You got anything else for us today? Oh man, um, don't watch this show. <laughs> uh, don't don't give Russo the time of day. Uh, but Listen to us Tuesdays in Texas on Brainbuster Radio to find out what the absolute worst pay per view of all time is. Yes. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. I'm of course the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and as always, or as we've come to know in the recent weeks, as sometimes <laughs> on his Tron Speed Bike, going back to the Internet, the one the only, Mr Stephen Grudy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye bye. Later.
1: Vacation experts at Travel and Leisure Magazine agree. Lexington, Kentucky is one of the 50 best places to travel in 2021. Escape to the authentic experiences awaiting you in the land of fine bourbon, fast horses, and more. Plan your trip today at visitlex.com.